0: Costello, I'm going to New York with you. You know, Bucky Harris, the Yanks manager, gave me a job as coach for as long as you're on the team. Look at it. If you're a coach, you must know all the players. I certainly do. Well, you know, I, mean, I never met the guys, so you'll have to tell me their names, and then I'll know who's playing on the team. Oh, I'll, I'll tell you their names, but you know, strange it may seem, they give these ball players nowadays very peculiar names. You mean funny names? Strange names, pet names like Dizzy Dean and it's Brother Daffy. Daffy Dean. And their French cousin. French? Gouffet. Gouffet Dean. Oh, I see. Well, let's see. We have on the bags. We have who's on first, what's on second. I don't know who's on third. That's what I want to find I out. I say, who's on first, what's on second, I don't know who's on third. Are you the manager? Yes. You're going to be the coach too? Yes. And you know the fellow's name? Well, oh, I should. Well, then who's on first? Yes. I mean the fellow's name. Who? The guy on first. Who? The first baseman. Who? The guy playing who first. Who is on first? I'm asking you who's on first. That's the man's name. That's whose name? Yes. Well, go ahead and tell That's me. That's it. That's who? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you got a first baseman? Certainly. Who's playing first? That's right. When you pay off the first baseman every month, who gets the money? Every dollar All right, all right, all right, all right. This is fascinating. It is. But the fact remains is that you don't have the money to bring the mortgage up to date, so you're still going to have to sell it. I'm sorry, Ray. We got no choice.
1: Ray, people will come, Ray. They'll come to Iowa for reasons they can't even fathom. They'll turn up your driveway, not knowing for sure why they're doing it. They'll arrive at your door as innocent as children, longing for the past. Of course, we won't mind if you look around, you say. It's only twenty dollars per person. They'll pass over the money without even thinking about it, for it is money they have, and peace they like. Ray, just sign the papers, and they'll walk out to the bleachers, sit in shirt sleeves on a perfect afternoon. They'll find, they have reserved seats somewhere along one of the baselines where they sat when they were children and cheered their heroes. And they'll watch the game, and it'll be as if they dipped themselves in magic waters. The memories will be so thick that I have to brush them away from their faces. Ray, when the bank opens in the morning, they'll foreclose. People will come, Ray.
0: You're broke, Ray. You sell now or you lose everything.
1: The one constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. America has rolled by like an army of steamrollers. It's been erased like a blackboard, rebuilt and erased again. But baseball has marked the time. This field, this game, is a part of our past, Ray. It reminds us of all that once was good it could be again oh people will come Ray people will most definitely come Ray you will lose everything you will be evicted
2: Hello again everybody, this is Rich Martin and welcome to the 14th inning of uh, A Life in Baseball, A Life in General. This is our podcast that we uh, publish every Friday, uh, talking about my uh, many years of coaching college baseball, uh, my running of Rich Martin's All-Star Baseball Camp. I ran for 35 years in New York and New Jersey. And growing up in the bowels of Bensonhurst, Brooklyn, in the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, we talk about everything, but those are our main topics. If you'd like to get in touch with us, uh, you could email us at ramapo35, ramapo was my last stop uh, as a college coach, and 35 has been my longtime uh, uniform number, at gmail.com, ramapo35 at gmail.com. Well, it's very exciting. Uh, well, two reasons. One, I can see. I mentioned the last uh, podcast that I was having uh, some vision problems. I had problems with, uh, with uh, some surgery that I had done, but bless the Lord, um, um, things have come out pretty well, and, and I'm able to see. I have little bouts of, uh, of uh, vision issues here and there, but for the most part, it's strong and uh, I'm able to see, and it's amazing. They put a, um, uh, a toric lens uh, when they replaced my cataract and uh, it's so the power, I could see crystal clear far away and they've also uh, corrected my astigmatism, which is pretty cool. Um, and so I'm seeing very clearly, as I mentioned, the scary part is I'm seeing uh, plenty of dust. I mean, I, I saw dust usually, But nothing like this i mean uh, dust and things on the floor and uh, it's very frightening and then of course i had to look in the mirror and um i don't know where all these lines came from but um so i guess uh, uh, extra extra good vision uh, can curse you as well but all kidding aside i'm enjoying it and uh and doing well um it's interesting that um this is the beginning of the baseball season And uh, um, that's why I had to play uh, that uh, audio um, tape that you just heard. Uh, It's um, Baseball is a treasure. It's a treasure. I mean, people who don't understand that I feel bad for because it's so intricate. There's so many little things. And and baseball, uh, uh, above any other sport or almost any other activity, mirrors life. You win, you lose, you succeed, you fail, you fight back, you can be, uh, you know, the old adage uh, you could fail three out of 10 times the great majority of time and still be a Hall of Famer if you bet around 300 or so. So um, baseball has so many lessons, and I learned at an early age uh, when my parents got me involved, uh, every time I see Field of Dreams, and that, of course, is where the uh, the audio uh, tape came from. Uh, the amazing James Earl Jones. Um, I uh, every time I see it, of course, at the end when uh, Ray uh, plays catch with his dad, of course that brings me to tears. Uh, my dad, who passed away a while ago, um, that was um, a big part of our um, of our relationship when I was young. Uh, playing baseball and and uh, understanding the game. I had some great teachers who uh, taught me about the game, but more importantly taught me about life and about how to handle, uh, and I don't say it in a negative way, how to how to handle people and situations. And um, I think one thing that new coaches don't do um, and of course, uh, if you're a, 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 you know, a Little League coach or a Sandlot coach, it's hard to do. But that is getting to know your players, knowing who they are, what they're about, what their strengths and weaknesses are. I would constantly uh, take my guys, uh, we go to dinner all the time. I would always take them out to dinner, and they thought uh, that I was being a nice guy. Well, maybe I was, especially when a guy didn't have any meal money left or didn't have, uh, you know, hadn't eaten a a decent meal in a while. But it was really about getting to know them and and them getting to know me and understanding, okay, I see this guy could throw 90, but does he have what it takes to come in in a tough situation? You know, of course, in, in baseball, after you make the lineup, then the game begins, and that's when the difficult decisions, what do you do on a hit and run, what do you do to bunt? what happens. Um, and baseball has a rhythm to it. It has a flow. It's, um, it, 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 you can feel it after a while. You can feel the way baseball, it, it just has a, a, a back and forth and a rhythm and a flow. And as, if that rhythm is, is pushed aside, if there's something going wrong, uh, a guy walks, uh, a guy goes 0-2, fouls off a couple of balls, and then walks on four pitches, the next guy hits a ground ball to short for a double play, and the shortstop bobbles it. The next ball is a pop-up that uh, two uh, infielders and outfielders collide upon. Um, those things are, are, you can smell it coming, or at least I could, after uh, a while. And this is after a long while when I had made so many mistakes and I had, uh, you know, paid the price for them. I learned, and of course, listen. I didn't. Uh, I was never hundred percent. Nobody is, but um, you know, I'm proud of the record. Again, considering the fact that we um, we started out in each of the three college teams that I coached, and the high school team that I coached, we started out uh, always uh, the worst team in the, in the league. At uh, sometimes, as in Hofstra's case, the worst Division One team in the country. Uh, so to to, got, to do what we did and win the championships we won uh, it was it was um, it was pretty exciting and and uh, you know I look now at the uh, you know Buck showalter of course is a new manager of the Mets and I look at his record and of course I look at winning percentage because that's the you know ultimate test. I mean a guy can have 1500 wins and 1,501 losses. Well he's not even a, a 500 um, you know, uh, manager, and I don't think anybody in the Hall, I might be wrong, maybe Connie Mack, I'm, I'm not sure, but I don't think anybody in the Hall of Fame has over a 600 winning percentage. But um, we were up there and pretty close to 600, and um, and of course that's due to, the, to my great players, coaches, um, every once in a while good administration, <laughs> although I did ask a lot of them uh, to be truthful. Um, but I um, um, the players, uh, the idea of, of of getting to know them, and getting to know their families, and getting to care about them, and getting uh, getting them to care about me, um, those things were were vital. Um, I know at the end when uh, I got sick and uh, they, I found out that you know there was uh, some cancer that was in my colon that was about to break through into my uh, into through the colon. I know that um, I got an outpouring of love and affection from uh, from my guys, and 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 not many knew. I, I really kept it quiet, but the ones that did know really helped me get through it. And along, of course, with my family and my friends. Of course, Zuki wouldn't allow me to get sick. You know, it's not not allowed. So um, he's pretty obstinate. So, uh, but but again, getting to know the players and. That, to me, was the, was the best part. I, I'm not, I don't miss uh, getting ready to play a doubleheader against the cane uh, or, um, you know, running out of pitching or, um, you know, having injuries that you can't really replace. You know, next man up, yeah, okay. <clears throat> next man up is a great way to look at it, but you got to have a next man or someone comparable to the guy that went down. So... Um, that was the fun part for me and and baseball, the the beginning of spring, the beginning of rebirth. Uh, Oh, it was just such a wonderful time and the grass turned green. And of course, you know, you can't appreciate it as much, uh, in California or Florida or, or in a Southern state or a warm state because the changing of the, uh, of the seasons doesn't really play a part. But here turning from, uh, Winter into spring, and watching everything starting the days growing longer and the days growing warmer, and so I'm very excited because I get soon to um, you know I, I've I've been asked uh, to come back to coach at uh, the Metropolitan um, uh, Baseball Collegiate Baseball League, run by uh, two great guys. I mean I, I love them, Brian and, and Renee, and. Uh, um, the league runs, it's a collegiate league that runs in the summer, and teams uh, are filled by players from all over, you know, mostly from the New Jersey area, but um, uh, all over the co- who have played all over the country. We had kids last year who played, uh, who came in, you know, lived in New Jersey, but went out to play in California and Wisconsin and Alabama and uh, New Jersey, upstate New York, Pennsylvania, and so on. It was a great experience. I had some great kids, uh, and uh, I look forward to doing it again. Um, it, it, um, it's a lot of fun. Well, I, I am the head coach of the Overpeck Creek Monsters. We are, yes, the monsters. And um, it's exciting. We play about a 30-game schedule of playoffs. And if anybody's interested in, in any college players who are interested in playing or know of someone who's interested in playing in the summer – uh, please contact me at ramapo35 at gmail.com. Um, you know, it, it goes from the end of May, um, June, July, and the very beginning of August. And um, it's uh, usually two games during a week um, and a doubleheader sa- uh, Saturday. Or sometimes three games during a week, doubleheader Saturday. Um, so uh, it's a great league and run by two great guys and uh, the teams are outstanding. We didn't win last year. My good friend Mark Rizzi, who uh, used to coach at uh, Rutgers, camp, Rutgers in uh, Newark, excuse me, uh, he won the league last year. I think we came in third or fourth out of uh, I think it was eight teams. So that should be fun, and um, my mind's starting to think about about that uh, and. Uh, and think about the uh, the ability to interact with these young men and hopefully teach them some baseball, but more importantly, teach them about what their next step should be in life. Um, and I look forward to that. You know, it reminds me of a story when I when I got to uh, Dominican. Um, we hadn't been there. I hadn't been there long. And uh, and again, like everywhere else, the first thing you want to do with a program is, is bring it to uh, Florida for spring training. One, it gives you the opportunity to play in warm weather and get ready. Two, uh, it bonds. Uh, Three, uh, it shows the other programs that you're a real program, that you do go uh, south. Some teams will go south for weekends. Some teams uh, will go south for a couple of days. But our experience, and the one that worked for me, was always to go down for about 10 days And either book your own games, or at the end, I would go to the Russ Matt tournament um, in Lakeland, um, in that area. And I was very um, happy. Dave Barnard, who's since sold uh, the business, uh, always treated me uh, well. And most importantly, uh, the umpires were great down there. They were getting ready for the season, and so was I. Of course, I thought I was ready, but (laughs) they reminded me that I wasn't ready yet. Wonderful guys, and we had a lot of fun down there. I do miss that uh, a great deal. Um, uh, Bill, the guy who sold the T-shirts and assigned the umpires. Such great people, and um, I miss it a lot. But anyway, we would go down to Florida, and uh, i just gotten to Dominican. I must have been there a year or two, and uh, we had a lot of um, um, kids who weren't well off. The school was very inexpensive. Um, and we had uh, the... the uh, the way to get in wasn't really too challenging. And so we had a lot of uh, Spanish kids, uh, Hispanic boys. Uh, we had a lot of kids who didn't have a lot of money. A lot of guys, the guys there were on aid and and so on. And so uh, one of the things, we were getting ready to, for Florida, and um, I told them, you know, make sure you pack this, this, and this. And a couple of them, uh, they, um, they, didn't, um, they didn't really know what to pack, you know, and they didn't know what to bring. I remember the first time I went to to a dinner with a kid. There was a kid named Jose Ortiz. He was a catcher. What a wonderful kid. We went to dinner in Florida. The first night we were there and he ordered uh, he ordered scrambled eggs for dinner because that's really the only thing he knew how to order. Um, and uh, we explained to him, I mean, it was some kick during the season when we took him to a Chinese restaurant. That blew his mind. But anyway, um, so, so uh, uh, we, we, we. I saw that these guys weren't really prepared, and I made a list of what they should bring: uh, right. this many underwear, that many shirts, this many. And uh, I noticed that that when they got out of their baseball shoes, uh, they really had. They didn't really travel well in their in their sneakers shoes, because uh, the money that they had, they spent for spikes. And most of them had great spikes, and uh, I made sure that the uniforms were. there. I, I made top-of-the-line Rollins uniforms. Uh, uh, I thought that was always important. We always had the best uniforms, the most the the, the most amount of uniforms, the highest quality. We always, I mean, early on in my career, uh, we switched to new era uh, baseball caps, which is the uh, the official cap of Major League Baseball. Matter of fact. Uh, we won an award, myself and Nuera, for the RC design on uh, the Ramapo college hats uh, that the school never adopted. They have some other RC that, uh, well, that's another story. Um, so before we went to Florida, I went out and I went to the local uh, you know, distributor, the guy that bought the uniforms uh, for us um, uh, and the sports dealer. And I ordered uh, 20 pair of, um, of, of white Pumas. And back then, Pumas were uh, a little bit more uh, desirable than they are today, although Pumas are still around, obviously. And they all had that, you know, they had that little thing on the side, like the swoosh that Nike has. That Puma has that little uh, marking on the side. And I got them in black. White with black marking because the colors at the uh, Dominican were uh, black, red, and white. And uh, so um, we got those. And, and uh, incidentally, uh, I have uh, something to uh, admit to. And I'll, then I'll get back to the story about the, the sneakers in Florida. Um, when I got to Ramapo, the Ramapo colors were orange and red. Orange and Red. When I put on my uniform for the first time, I looked like May and McCheese. It was ridiculous. Orange and red. I had never seen that combination before. So when I got there, I was hysterical, and I asked about changing uniforms, and they were talking about going to a new set of uniforms. Uh, There was word about black and maroon, black and burgundy, white and maroon, you know, all different things they were talking about. But not, um, didn't, didn't finalize anything. So I was giving, uh, they gave me the uniforms, the round uniforms. I had to sort them out, make sure they were clean and this and that. And I noticed that the numbers were on the back. It was a yellow uniform, like yellow. And the numbers were in, uh, in red. And on the back there was a number, the uniforms are supposed to be 8 inches on the back. These were 6 and then in the front, the uniform numbers are supposed to be four inches. And they were three. But that wasn't the problem. The problem was uh, the numbers were in the middle of, of, the, of the uniform. In baseball, you wear the number to the side in the front. You, watch, you look at any team that has uh, a number or a logo, like Toronto or a team like that or the Yankees, and nothing is in the middle of the uniform. They're all to the, on the left chest. So we had Ramapo in red with red three-inch numbers right in the middle of the shirt, like basketball. So I got all the shirts, and um, I, uh, I'm i admitting this for the first time. I hope it doesn't come back to, to bite me. But um, I took all the shirts and all the pants, I put them in my trunk, and I lost them. I don't remember where I brought them. I, I might have been to a dump, or, but I got rid of them. So I went up uh, to the AD, and I said, hey, um, I said, you know, um, I went down to do the uniforms, cleaned them, count them, you know, and there's nothing there. What are you talking about? I said, there's nothing down there. There's a couple of pieces here and there. So we went down, and there it was. The uniforms were gone. Well, I didn't know anything about it, of course, and neither did anybody else. So uh, there was, you know, this was still in the fall. So the decision was made to, um, to get new uniforms. I said, what should I get? Well, we're not ready yet to go to the new colors. I said, well, we, we might as well. I mean, let's go. we got to get new uniforms. And lo and behold, the Ramapo College colors became maroon, black, and white. We were the first uniforms to, to match those colors. And then, of course, everybody else followed. Um, so you can thank me now for not having to go around like a bunch of uh, salespeople at McDonald's. And I'm telling you, when I put on my uniform, first of all, it didn't fit, but that's <laughs> that's beside the point. That's nothing new. But when I saw that color scheme and I saw the hats, and it was like the Bad News Bears. Oh, my God, it was terrible. Anyway, I just thought I'd mention that. It just jumped into my mind. So getting back to... Um, to what happened in Florida. So I bought these uh, Puma white uh, sneakers for all the guys. We get down to Florida, and, uh, you know, I really don't know, because this is my first time down there, and this was in, I would guess, about 19, oh, I'm going to say 82, 83. And um, I go down to, I find a place down in Florida. I go down and... and uh, um um. Uh, Oh, geez, I can't think of where it was, but I will in a second. Um, And we go down and we we book a bunch of games and we go down there. And uh, uh, I I don't know really, you know, I have a curfew and I, you know, I got people walking around making sure that everything's okay. I'm not exactly sure what's going on. But as the week goes on, we were there for, I think, seven days. As the week goes on, you know, these kids are now starting. they're They're in the weather. And one of the things that I did wrong that I corrected later on was I gave them a day off. And, of course, right to the beaches. Oh, we went to Ocala, Ocala, Florida. That was the first time. And uh, they, they hit the beaches and uh, on that day off and, of course, met uh, the lovely ladies of uh, spring break. And so uh, it became an issue. I had to re- reel them back in, um, and it took a couple of days to get them back into their, head, into their heads so, uh, later, uh, that we were there to play baseball and later on I made sure that it was always a business trip we played every day uh, I tried to play uh, in the middle of the day or later in the day to ruin the day so that they couldn't go to the beach and they couldn't go to Disney and they couldn't hang out of course the parents used to fight me on that we, can't, we want our boy to come to dinner with us and of course uh, their parents I let them do that you know but I tried to monopolize uh, the time with baseball and that's why, one of the reasons why I think we had such great success coming out of the box, we always did well in Florida, always did well. I mean, I don't know the record. I have to look it up one time. Well, I wrestled uh, with what to do as far as uh, staying on top of them and I trusted them and left them alone uh, until one night towards the end of the stay. Um, I, uh, I woke up to sirens and, uh, people going crazy running around the hotel. It was three o'clock in the morning. And, um, I, uh, I ran out of my room and, uh, immediately, and I, I was like down the hall from most of the guys and I knocked on some doors and everybody was there, but there were two rooms where there was nobody in two rooms. So that's eight guys, four in a room. Well, I was hysterical. And then I got my attention called to, to the front of the hotel and outside was um, a couple of uh, ambulances and some police cars. And I went out and I saw that um, there had been an accident and that there were three bodies um, that were on the ground and they were covered. Uh, the three bodies were covered. The, the people that had been hit by a car, as it turned out, had uh, died, and um, I, I was petrified. This was my first year, the first time I had these people uh, in my care, and uh, and I, I wasn't sure what to do. I asked if anybody knew who it was or this. Nobody knew anything, so I don't know how I did it, but I got the strength to go out into the area was, you know, it was shut off uh, right in front of the hotel, and there were the um, uh, the car smashed, uh, there were two cars smashed, uh, there was blood everywhere, glass everywhere, and um, and there were the three bodies covered in white, um, uh, I guess, uh, claw, you know, white uh, sheets. Um, I looked, and I couldn't make anything out, I mean, they were covered. But I did notice that each one of the bodies that was covered, the the, uh, sheet didn't go to the bottom. It only covered their face and their chest and their legs. But all three of the people on the ground had on white pumas with the uh, black mark on them. Well, I just sat on the edge of the curb and started crying. I had to wait for somebody to come and let me know, you know, what was next. Um, Ultimately, uh, my assistants uh, found me and, um, what's up? Um, And they told me that everybody had been accounted for. I looked at them, I said, what are you talking about? He goes, yeah, we went into all the rooms. Some of the guys were in other rooms, but everybody's been accounted for, everybody was here. I found out later on that two guys had just gotten back they were out, but, you know, the idea that everybody was safe and sound, well, I thought God had given me a great gift, and I made a promise that uh, I would never again take it lightly. So um, so for, uh, let's see, um, 7, uh, 20, for 35 years, we went down to Florida every uh, spring, and Thank God, we never had an incident where anybody got injured. We had some crazy incidents, which I'll talk about as we move along, but uh, never an incident where anybody had got, got seriously injured. Um, and uh, we had guys uh, going with uh, transvestites, uh, making out with, uh, we had a guy show us of a video on a, one night that he went to a, a South Beach and made out with this beautiful woman who had the largest Adam's apple I've ever seen. Uh, that was exciting, and uh, he never lived it down. Um, we um, went to Florida with Ramapo when, uh, when they found um, some, um, th- th- we had stayed in a, in a hotel, and right across the street was a bar. That's something I researched uh, later on because that was the first year we went down to, to Florida. And um, there was a bar across the street. And the night that we were going home, we were going to leave at 6 in the morning. And um, so I got everybody to bed around 11. Of course, half of them were in the bar partying, which I didn't know about until I got a knock on the door from a, um, a Miami uh, uh, police officer that um, one of my guys had, uh, had um, found some weed on him. He was online to go into the club. Well, I was beside myself, you know, I've, um, I haven't gone into those stories yet, but I will about my youth and how I really was a mess and how I basically did every drug known to man until I straightened myself out. But that's another story, a long story for another day. Um, I went with the officer to the front of the, uh, the nightclub and there was the player. He had a couple of bags of weed and, uh, uh, we were leaving, so this was about 1 o'clock in the morning, and we were leaving, I believe we were leaving the, the hotel at 4 in the morning, and we had, we had a flight out at 6. Um, so, of course, we always got those crazy flights because it saved us some money. Um, so um, I said, what are we doing with this? He says, well, I'm going to book him, and, uh, you know, uh, you'll, 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 he'll be on bail, he'll get out on bail in a couple of days. I said, well, even in three hours for New Jersey. He said, well, he isn't. I said, well, is there anything that I can do? um, I said, there's got to be something that I can do. He said, yeah, sure. He goes, there's 500 things you can do. I said, pardon me? He said, there's 500 things you can do to get him released right now. So I couldn't believe how stupid I was being from Brooklyn and being in that life for so long and understanding the various code words I realized that it was going to take 500 bucks in cash to get him, uh, you know, with us in the plane. So uh, I uh, went back to the hotel room. I grabbed every penny I could find. I was a little short, and um, I went back and I I put it in an envelope, handed it to the officer. I said, "Here's his paperwork." I said, "It's a little short." He goes, "It's it close." I said, "Oh yeah, it's very close. It was about 450." Um, he took out. And as uh, some of the other people around like held their held their breath and uh chagrined chagrined um, he took the weed um, out of the envelopes uh, uh, put it on the threw it on the ground and rubbed his his uh feet over it and crushed it all up and then put pushed it into the dirt to destroy it he said uh, he looked at me and he said, have a nice day and we got on. Uh, we got on uh, back to the hotel and we got on to the flight. Um, so that person uh, I was very upset about, and um, he's turned out to be a great, great kid and and really, I mean he was a, a he was a problem as a as a young player. He had issues at another school where he fought with the coach, and I always I always prided myself on being able to get along with anybody. and I basically did over the years and win them over. And, um, but I suspended his ass. He was suspended and he was an excellent player. And, um, I remember, um, we had to, we had to win a game at the end of the year to get into the playoffs. And I don't think we, Ramapo had been in the playoffs for 10, 15 years. And we had to do something to get in. And, uh, and so, uh, we were in a game, I believe it was against Rutgers Camden. Zuki will correct me. He remembers every game. And, um, I needed a kid to, to pinch hit, and he was really the only one left on the bench. But he had been suspended, so I let him pinch hit um, in this huge spot in the game. He had a home run, and we wound up winning the ball game and getting into the playoffs. Uh, I'm, I'm not mentioning his name because I don't I don't know if he wants the story to go out. But he uh, eventually turned into a, a, an excellent coach and umpire, and I see him. I used to see him once in a while. Um, when he came back uh, to the dugout after he hit the home run, I congratulated him, and I was all smiles. He says, "Don't be so happy." He says, "When I hit that ball, I saw your face on it." So <laughs> I said, "Okay, well, you know, whatever it takes." Um, so um, anyway, uh, uh, another story about what went down in um, in uh, Florida. Um, I wanted to mention uh, now about the uh, All Star Cigar Company. Uh, The cheapest and uh, least expensive and best cigars, freshest cigars uh, on the internet. Um, And you could reach us at allstarcigarco.com. One word, allstarcigarco for company, uh, dot com. And uh, we're at info at uh, allstarcigarco.com if you're interested in uh, doing something with us. And in addition, uh, I do want to mention that um, over the course of the time I've been retired, um, I have developed a, a not-for-profit 501c3 uh, organization. It's called the All-Star Youth Project Incorporated, and that's at uh, allstaryouthproject.org, O-R-G. When you get a chance to take a look at it, and uh, it speaks for itself. We help young people. Uh, To anybody who you think we might be able to help out, um, please let us know. Okay, I'll be back in one second. Okay, well, thank you once again for uh, listening this week. Uh, I'm going to leave you with uh, another baseball song um, today, so you're going to have two for the price of one. Uh, Well, actually, the first one wasn't a song, but the second one is. and uh, it is. I hate to put it at the end to obscure it, And this will only really be enjoyed by old-time fans. I'm not sure if the younger generation will appreciate this. But this is my favorite baseball song. It's my favorite baseball song, and it goes, the name of the song is Van Lingle Mungo. Van Lingle, L-I-N-G-L-E, Mungo, M-U-N-G-O. And he was a player uh, that played in the 20s and 30s, And uh, this is a song, simply, about all of the various different names in baseball, all of the various ways that baseball represents life in America, and how all of these guys have one thing in common, they played in the major leagues. You'll recognize some of the names, I'm sure, even if you're a younger person because of the history of the game which is something that I'm going to talk about at length in future podcasts. But this song, the melody, and I I swear if you listen to it three, four times, the the jingle will get into your head and you'll never be able to get it out of your head. Uh, It's really great and it's very simple. And again, it represents how baseball is woven into the fabric of America from the time uh, of the early Americans Uh, Civil War and on um, to the the present day and uh, exactly what James Earl Jones said because when he spoke about baseball. So um, enjoy your teams. Let's go Mets. Uh, I look forward to seeing how well the Yankees will do. Uh, Maybe uh, Atlanta will um, lose its starting four. Let's see. Um, It should be a great season, an exciting one, uh, and I, I hope all of you enjoy it as much as I do. Thank you so much for listening. God bless you all, and we'll see you again next week. Take care.
0: Nimrod Jeske, Johnny G, Eddie Juiced, Johnny Pesky, Thornton Lee, Danny Gardella, Van Lingo, Mungo, Whitey Karowski, Max Lunier, Eddie Waitkus, and Johnny Vandermeer. Bob Estalella Van Lingo Mango Augie Bergamo Sigmund Chacoki
2: Big Johnny Mice and Barney
0: McCoskey, Hal Trotsky Augie Golan and Pinky May. Frenchie Border Phil Cabaretta, George McQuinn, Howard Pollett and Early Wynne. Bungie Bergamo, Sigmund Cookie, Big Johnny Mize, and Barney McCoskey, Hal Trotsky, John Antonelli, Ferris Fane, Frankie Crosetti, Johnny Sane, Harry Brackeen, and Lou Boudreau. Frankie Gustine and Claude Passo, Eddie Basinski, Ernie Lombardi, Huey Malkay, Van Lingle, Van Lingle. Mon-